Welcome to the sixth edition of Mets Mafia. I'm very excited to be back. Um, we had a brief little hiatus there for a hot minute uh, while the Mets were playing some good baseball. So we do apologize about that, but we're back and better than never. And I'm one of your co-hosts, CJ Owens. I'll throw it over to Cunny. Let him say hello. What's up, everybody? It's good to be back. Uh, yeah, we took a little time off there, but our Mets are rolling now. So we're excited to dive back into Mets baseball. A lot has happened while we're gone. So we're looking forward to breaking down all that for you. Let's go Mets boys. I think, you know, we were in play our best baseball this month and we're still looking in first place, looking good. So let's roll. Yeah. Like Greg said, definitely an up and down month, but at the end of it, uh, we came out on top playing some pretty good baseball to end it. So uh, can't complain there. We definitely have a lot of talk about it. We did have um, around two weeks off. So definitely have a lot of topics to get into. Um, yeah, so with that, we'll just get into it. And uh, I think the first comes uh, first, we'll just get a, a little intro there and we'll do the uh, DeGrom. Um, it doesn't look like he'll go in the IL there, um, but I feel like that just needs to be said right away. So um, he came out with that right side tightness again. So um, something to be concerned about, but not going on the L. That's good. Cunning. He is on the IL. Oh, they did put him on the IL? They threw him on the 10-day IL. Yeah, tomorrow. They actually just did that like tomorrow. tomorrow. I think it goes in effect. Okay, yeah, because I did see that they were speaking about it and they said they weren't sure if he was going on, so he is going on the IL, that they're going to do that tomorrow, so that'll be Tuesday. Um, so that kind of hurts, but hopefully he makes a quick recovery, be back to his dominant self, um, looked good. That start yesterday, um, besides, uh, towards the end, he kind of see he was uh, favoring the back and the side a little bit, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think this IL stint, though, is needed because it's been, you know, it's been happening over and over again. He's been asking for an extra day. He's uh, pulled himself out of a game, like going back all the way to the first game of the year. Like, I don't remember this guy ever taking himself out of a game. So you kind of think that this thing's been nagging him. And, you know, I think the Mets, he's so good. They probably just leave it all up to him. And I think he finally probably caved and said, all right, I'll shut it down for a little bit. I think it's a smart move because we need this guy long term. Yeah, I mean, no one knows his body better than him. So if he says he's not feeling too good, sit him out for a week, too. If that's what it is, like I said, we're in first. As long as he sits and gets healthy and we're still playing 500 winning baseball, we'll be fine. We, he's more important to this team than anyone else. So we need him at the end of the season more than right now in the middle of May. So if we should sit him down for a week, put him on the shelf. It's a smart move and he'll come back. But besides that, I mean, he had an unbelievable April. I mean, I think what, 0.58, 0. 0.6 ERA? Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, well said, gentlemen. Definitely uh, just wanted to get that out of the way. Obviously, I uh, don't want to go doom and gloom to start the podcast, but with that DeGrom news coming out, just wanted to address that. Um, we'll speak more about him later in the pod, um, but just wanted to address that off the start. Um, but now we'll just get into, um, I guess, like, uh, might be the biggest story right now. Um, I guess 1A, 1B. I was, let's just start with Donnie. Donnie, uh, Donnie Baseball, we got him here for uh, the Mets. And what do you think about that, Connie? You know, uh, it seems like the guys have sparked a little bit around Donnie. So what do you guys think? Yeah, Donnie Stevenson. They came out today. I mean, uh, it was pretty, like, you could guess that, but it was Pete's alter ego. He came in a hitting meeting, and he had the backwards hat, the shades on. He was saying, like, let's just go hit the shit out of the ball or something. I like it. I think this team needs a Pete Alonzo. I think Pete, he steps up and takes charge when things are, like, going south. And I think it's impressive that he's still doing that on his own, even with Lindor in the building. I think Pete took it upon himself, and I like that. I mean, when I first heard about Donnie Stevenson, I thought 
they were ripping shots at Donnie, Don Julio in the clubhouse and maybe getting a little loose for the game, feeling good. But then they found out it was Pete's alter ego going in there with those monster shades up there. That's just what you love to see. Pete's a guy that brings the team together. Everybody loves him. So you got Lindor, who's a good leader, and they all kind of followed and came to when he uh, when he came over. But Pete's always been like the heart of like the guys, you know, he's just all for baseball and winning. So it's good to have a player step up and do that. And now the offense is starting to wake up more than a coach doing something. You know, that's just the guys rallying together. No, it definitely is good to see the guys rally together. And uh, I honestly, if uh, I never thought, you know, it would be Pete Alonzo. I never thought you'd he'd be the comedian guy that would get the guys going with a good laugh, maybe doing his uh, best Chris Farley impression up there, you know, <laughs> mistaken for each other on a bad day. But, uh, no, I mean, good for Pete to go out there. Got the guy rallied around the guys. Like we said, they hit Wheeler around that day pretty good. Um, and I know they were upset to see Chili fired, um, but, you know, the teams come around, the bats have come alive a little bit, been better in runners in scoring position, so that's good to see, you know. Um, I don't think it was necessarily Chili's fault that the team was performing bad, I mean, um, but, you know, it's just the way it works. They got to point the blame at somebody, and uh, it just happened to be Chili uh, that time, so I think that's just how the cookie crumbles there. Yeah, 100%, and even going back to when Chili was fired, I think it was just weird timing. That was my only issue with it. I was, you know, it's a business. If this guy's not leading your hitters to good numbers and their approach looked terrible, they look completely lost. So this guy, honestly, he deserves to be on the hot seat. But if I remember correctly, right when he got fired, they were starting to get hot a little bit. I thought they were starting to hit the ball better. And I thought they kind of just threw him aside real quick. And they brought in Hugh Quattlebaum. Yeah, they definitely were, like, starting to hit in those last, like, three games of his tenure, and then they lost that one game 6-5 to the Cards because of a phantom foul tip to Arenado. That that was not even close. They call foul ball, next pitch home run. That's the difference in the game. Just a tough one, but they fired him after that. Like, they win that game, and Chile's still the manager. You wouldn't have fired him after two or three wins when the offense was hitting, but they had to put the blame on someone, like you guys were saying. You can't fire the players, so someone's going to have to take the heat, but it was tough. You know, Pete took it a little hard. You know, I'm sure the other guys weren't too happy about it either, but it kind of gave them an edge. That's kind of what we've been missing, too. We've been saying that for a while. We needed an edge with this lineup. Yeah, definitely did give them an edge. I think that is a good point, Greg. And something else that uh, I want to bring up that you said, um, yeah, like you, the they won those two games and they fired them after losing that 6-5 tough one. Um, So I think that kind of just shows that it kind of was something that was like the writing on the wall. Because we kind of heard yeah. rumblings for like a couple of weeks that um somebody was going to go, maybe chilly, stuff like that. People are starting to ask, throw his name around. So um, I'm not surprised that he went there. I mean, kind of just like we said, seemed like the writing on the wall. I know Pete said that uh, it had nothing to do with the old school approach. He said that um, with analytics now, you kind of have to blend the two. And I think that is a great, um, great viewpoint to have. So it just, it's tough for Chile. You know, he's a good guy. Definitely the guys in the clubhouse liked and respected him. So that's a tough, uh, tough one for them, but the hitters have responded. So that's good to see. Yeah, 100%. Generally, whenever a new guy comes in, there's usually just an extra spark or some more life. You hear some different things. I think you kind of, I mean, it's hard to correlate the two. I don't want to put that on Chile, but since Chile left the building, Lindor kind of woken up, but it was only a matter of time. I'm not going to put that on Chile anyway, but yeah, I'm excited for the new start with the hitting because, I mean, to be frank, the April numbers were not good enough. If we're looking at it from a competitive baseball standpoint, if we're trying to be a World Series team, we needed better. Yeah, I think that's a 
good points, especially when we bring up Lindor. So I think it's a great time to get to the elephant in the room with the uh, rat coon that we had going on over there. I know uh, our fellows over at SNY were hurt. They said that the players were lying. They couldn't trust the players. I know Gary Apple, Todd Zeal kind of bent out of shape. Um, I didn't mind it. I th- thought that it was funny, good for them if they don't want to tell the media. Um, the media always, especially in New York, kind of spins things the way they want anyway. So if they want to run it and have a little fun, um, then go for it. I mean, we all know what happened there. Like, they got into a little skirmish. It is what it is. Um, but honestly, it looks like it lit a uh, fire under both of them. They're both playing better now. Um, so you love to see that there. Listen, I've been talking to a lot of my buddies recently before Friday's game, and I was saying what this team is missing is that guy with an edge. They needed someone who's a little bit like that gritty guy who's going to – the Mets got too many nice guys is what I think. Like Pete's, you know, a lovable guy. Lindor is all about Mr. Smile. He's a very nice – everyone loves him. J.D. Davis, Tom Smith, these are all nice guys. Brandon Nimmo and his smiling. Like everyone loves these guys. We don't have like that hard, gritty baseball player. But, like, McNeil's a little bit of that. And, you know, maybe he said something to Lindori, got in his face. Who knows? But all I know is it woke the two of them up. And if the two of them can wake up and hit one-two in that order, that's look that's dangerous. Because even if the Mets can uh, struggle for a week, but them two are hitting really well, it's going to seem like the offense is still clicking because other guys are going to find a way to get it done, opposed to when they're not hitting and everyone else is, you know, kind of spotty. I think those two guys are guys that are going to carry the offense consistently when they get going and then, you know, everyone will do their part after, but I think that was key. They kind of needed to like McNeil has been pissed at himself, but he like went after Frankie, maybe woke him up a little. and Maybe Frankie gets going now from it. Yeah. I mean, there was a rumor that Jeff said that he's not worth his $350 million contract, but that's gotta be the go-to rumor for anyone making any sort of report. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. No one really knows what happened, but you know, I think Lindor also showed me something. I like how there was a skirmish. If, you know, McNeil's going to come after him, he kind of said, all right, let's see. He went after McNeil in the tunnel, and then he came out and hit a homer. I mean, it's good to finally see some fire from Lindor, too. I I definitely think it is good to see some fire out of those guys. But I disagree. I, th- I personally think that it kind of went the other way because you saw the inning before that um, – um, Lindor was trying to field that ball up the middle. Him and McNeil kind of ran into each other. I'm not really, but uh, I think that um, McNeil was coming for it and made Lindor not charge it um, like he kind of could have. And I think that's um, been kind of an issue this year, kind of with them in the shift, just the way the weird positioning is. Um, they've kind of run into those issues there. Um, and I just think that it was something along the way of, uh, and then Jeff got out and he was very upset about that and that. Um, in the bottom half of the inning there. So I think it was just something along the lines, like Lindor is like, uh, you got to chill out, man. Like telling Jeff, because Jeff does get worked up all the time. And uh, I mean, I used to get worked up. So he told me to get chill out after I was um, not happy. That definitely would not make me more happy. So I think that's something that went down there. Definitely. Um, I don't think Lindor went over there. I, I don't think McNeil initiated with Lindor, I think Lindor was just trying to be a good teammate and Jeff was kind of just bent out of shape. I know me and Greg can kind of, um, agree with that kind of how somebody's trying to help you out and you're just in a bad spot and you're like I don't want to hear that shit so I mean I personally think that's what happened but they're good now best buddies the raccoon has been a, a big hit so good for them playing good baseball so I'm glad to hear that Greg you got anything to say about that I know uh, you're laughing yeah, a over there yeah, man, me and you were always more like that McNeil-type player. And Med fans know Jeff McNeil's a psycho. And so Cuddy he's always pissed like at himself. And Cuddy was like a Lindor. Just, you know, everyone loved him, always did his job, man, consistent elite, you know. But, you know, 
we were the psychos. We were like McNeil some, but me and Connie used to be like that too back in the day, man. There was times when I got out of control and he had to get in my face and all it did was straighten us out and we played good, uh, good ball right after it. So that's exactly that's what just I thought what about, need. man. But me and Connie exact- got into it. Me and Connie got into it once uh, our junior year of college. <laughs> man, that's yeah, we- exactly what I thought about it. Just like something like that, you know, kind of just like, yo, just got to stay up. Kind of endorsed that to him and McNeil was just being a psycho, bent out of shape and everybody else was like, oh, don't talk to him when he's like that. And then fucking Lindor's like, no, nah, I'm going over there. And he said something to him and McNeil was not happy and he was like, yo, chill out. And that probably went from there, you know, it's just good high intensity baseball you know it happens 162 games you're around those guys a lot they still uh probably love each other like brothers they're going out there playing well now so it's all good to see um listen we need the middle infield combo to still love each other we need that magic up the middle still so i mean even though this they might have fought you know it was a scrappy weekend but i think it's gonna be good for them in the long run Definitely good point. So we'll just jump into an April recap there. We got that five-game win streak to end it. I mean, that's great. Riding hot now. Um, Cunny, I know you had some things to say, so we'll just kick you off there. April recap, whatever you want to get into. April recap. I mean, a good. Uh, let's just start with our infield. Let's just evaluate some of the performances we've seen behind the dish. Let's just start with McCann. I mean, James McCann has not lived up to expectations yet. You see a lot of fans already calling for Tomas Nito. But I'm personally still fully aboard the McCann train. I think he's offering something with the glove. And, you know, when your team's second in ERA, that speaks volumes. So I think his bat's going to pick up and he'll be fine. But he's off to a 210 start with one homer, seven RBIs. Greg, what do you got on McCann? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just when – when we got him, I was just glad we got him for the defense. You know, that's – I think we needed a defensive first guy. And look at what it's doing for our starting staff. I mean, Tomas Nino ain't a bad guy either. He, can't, he holds it down as well. But McCann's kind of elite defensively, so I love him back there. And, you know, the bat's slow right now, but over 162, he's going to pick it up. I mean, he's not going to hit 210 all year. He'll get that average up. Some power is going to come, so you just got to ride it out. Yeah, I think that uh, McCann definitely hasn't um, been what we thought so far. I mean, I've given him the nickname James McCant. Um, Hopefully he loses (laughs) that soon. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's definitely been good behind the dish, brought a lot of um, good things to the pitching staff. I think um, something that can't go unsaid there, I think Hefner's doing a good job as well because there's a couple guys in the um, bullpen who haven't pit, uh, who aren't particularly any good. I mean, Jacob Barnes is pitching well now, um, and, like, we, we wanted him off the roster a couple weeks ago. So, uh, he's kind of turned around, so I think Hefner deserves a good shot there. Obviously, McCann, he's doing a good job. Um, but yeah, he's, I think he's on the ball on the ground too much. He looks kind of lost. Um, I think that swing will come around just April. Um, so I think he'll get, get it right. He seems to be getting the ball in the air more, still kind of just chasing some bad pitches. Um, but hopefully he figures it out. Nito has been playing well, showing something with the bat, which is, uh, something we haven't seen. He did that in the minors. So, uh, if he does that and pushes for time, I mean, it's just more competition. So I'll make McCann play better as well. So I think that's a great thing to have. Yeah, absolutely. It's always nice to have a good. It's always nice to have a good backup catcher. Yeah, and he's a great clubhouse guy too. It seems like everybody loves Nito. Definitely love having him around. But I think he's you great for are, his you role. Know I'm a little bit concerned about boys. Is Dom Smith? Yeah, I mean Dom. I mean oh, uh, Keith has said it. He said that he looks like he's uh, going up there and swinging like a pirouette. Going up there, uh, his swings have been kind of poor. Um, he looks kind of lost. Um, I have faith in Dom. I think that he's a professional swing. I think they're just kind of struggling early. It is April. Um, my mom says that he goes up there every time. Looks like he's smoking something, um, you know, to each their own. <laughs> but I think that Dom will figure it out. Um, he needs to. I'm honestly surprised he's been playing 
um, as much as he has when he's been struggling. I think other guys have kind of been uh, sitting more than he has. Uh, has. Uh, Don's been out there basically every day, but he has been struggling a little bit. So I think that is something that uh, good to see Luis show his faith in him and hopefully Don can turn around soon. What do you think, honey? Yeah, Dom, I think the one stat I saw on one of SMI's broadcasts was his stats against the off-speed pitches last year, and he raked off off-speed. I think it was high 390s. But then this year, he was in the 100s against the off-speed. So I think right now you're just seeing Dom struggling early on, and it's he's slimmer to everyone else in his team. You know, he's trying to get out of a rut, and I think it's going to come around for him. I'm with you. I like his swing. I have, I have faith in Dom to turn it around. And he has not been bad in my field, so I'll mm-hmm. take that. Yeah, definitely has improved in left field. I know Greg wants to say some words about Dom. He brought him up in the beginning. Uh, what are your concerns about Dom? How's that going there for you, Greggy? I mean, I th- I love him. I think he's going to have a big year, but he's just – he's starting to hit 220. When I went to the game the other day, I was – I mean, none of the Mets batting averages look good, but when I saw him at 220, I was concerned. And he's more of a contact bat-to-ball guy, and he's an extra base, extra base hit guy, and we haven't been seeing much of it. Uh, he's digressed a lot from last year again early like I said the same with McCann it's only 30 games over 162 he'll pick it up but I don't know I haven't been seeing I want to see him maybe drop in the order and get some easier pitches put it getting better spots to hit but we got to see more yeah I agree he hasn't been uh, the best hopefully he turns around there we'll jump into first base now and let Cunny start that off yeah, so Pete's been one of uh, our best hitters uh, he hasn't been superb by any means but he's been pretty good He's been 250 with five homers and 17 RBIs. I think his glove has been very impressive as well. We've seen him play, uh, make good plays all April. But when everyone was slumping, Pete kind of stayed the course. I feel like he's been one of the Mets' more consistent hitters throughout the season so far. And, yeah, he's got six doubles and five homers. So looking for another big year from Pete. Definitely one of the more consistent dudes. Um, he's playing well. And Coney, I think he wrote up a great point. Um, I have personally been um shocked at the way he's been playing with the glove. He's I think made great strides there. I think Keith does um a great job of like really giving him his praise there because he's I think it's night and day at that position. Like when he first came up, really, um, it was kind of butcher boy hour there. Like he was not very good, but now you see him like snagging ball after ball. He you show he's really um putting the work there. He's a very hard working dude. Has been very consistent at the plate. Um, so yeah, he's definitely been one of our top performers of April. Good for Pete. Hopefully he stays the course. Um, gets that batting average up a little bit, hit for power more. Um, I think the power numbers have been down for April um, across the uh, across the team. I think we haven't been hitting for much power at all. So that is something that I would like to see go up. But Pete has been very solid um, through and through. So I know Greg wants to chime in there. Listen, you guys covered it all. Pete's a fucking stud. He's got some of the most power in the game. Like once he just starts hitting home runs, it's going to fucking rally this lineup. So Pete's Pete's a guy. It's more of it's more than the rest of the squad right now. I'm, I'm not worried about Pete at all. It's really everyone else who kind of needs to step it up. Yeah, so we'll do the transition to second base there, just go around the diamond. So we got Jeff McNeil. Um, I think Jeff has had a uh, – he's had an all right, I think, below his standards, Um, most certainly with the batting average. Um, he has not done what he usually does there. That batting average is down at a 217, so that's definitely um, – over over under that's way below what we we picked but I think that he's starting to come back a little bit he's definitely been hitting the ball hard I don't have any of the advanced analytics in front of me but I think that his exit velo and stuff has still been around what it has he's just run into some bad luck but he's starting to heat up a little bit 
um, that little scuffle with Lindor or the raccoon, whatever you want to describe that as, depending on who you speak to. I think that uh, that kind of led him a little bit. He's been playing decent defensively as well. So um, just want a little more from Jeff, but overall, I mean, just a kind of a slow start. I think that he'll pick it up, Connie. Yeah, 100%. I think one good stat to point out for Jeff is he's got the least amount of strikeouts on the team and it's by a pretty large amount. He's only K'd eight times in um, 106 plate appearances. So he's not getting blown away or anything. I agree with you, CJ. But I think the issue with him in early on April was he was not playing all that much. If you, Rojas was sitting him, he was in the seven hole. He was, But now that he's hitting leadoff with Nimmer on the I.L., I feel like you've seen an uplift in his spirits. He's gotten a lot more pitches, a lot more at-bats, and he's starting to get hot. I mean, Connie, you said it right there yourself. I've been saying it since day one. Put, Jeff, to Greg's the leadoff. put Jeff McNeil in the leadoff spot, and he will strive best. There's no reason to put him at the bottom. He doesn't. It's not his spot. I know you guys love Nimmo, and, yeah, he, he does that role good, but if I'm looking at leadoff hitter versus leadoff hitter, I want that guy right there. This guy has eight strikeouts on the year right now, eight. Nemo's got 22, maybe half the events. Like, yeah, he is 100 points higher OVP right now. Yeah, but McNeil's 321 right now. He's going to figure it out. He had a bad, what, horrible 40 at-bats to start the season probably. His next 60 have been pretty decent. He hits a lot more home runs clutch than a lot of other guys on this team. He puts up runs when we need it. I think he has, like, three home runs at City Field, and everyone else only has one. Like, we're not home run at all at home, which is brutal. But he's doing them in key spots, and he's playing good defense. Jeff is key, and he's going to ride. He's going to get hot, and he's going to be nice. Yeah, definitely have seen his back get hotter. He's moved up in the lineup. I think that's something, like Greg said, he has been saying that all along. Uh, McNeil deserves to be at the top, and I think he hits better at the top. So I think that's something that um, – needs to be taken into consideration. And like Connie said as well, he was sitting a lot. Like we said about Dom, Dom was playing every day. Dom struggled as well. I mean, the numbers kind of look similar. Dom with less power and such, um, more strikeouts as well. Um, and Dom has been sitting. I know there's more comp- more players to have at second base and such, but uh, yeah. So like, that is a good point by Connie. We have seen McNeil sit a little bit. So hopefully uh, he writes the ship, starts to get hot, and we see him be that... Uh, 290 plus hitter that he can be. Um, so we'll just move into shortstop and door the big money signing. Um, hasn't been good. You know, if he didn't sign this extension before beforehand, uh, it would be real bad right now. I think the booze would, I don't know if the booze would be worse, but just the articles and everything you'd be saying by people. I mean, his his value would be in the dumps right now. So it'd be a good time for Cohen if he didn't sign him then to get him now. But Obviously, he got him at the price he did, and I think that he will turn it around. He's starting to come out of it, still played very good defense. Uh, I have the utmost faith in Lindor. I think he'll be a fantastic player and lead us good places. So just a bad month, you know. It's a month of baseball. You got six more to go, so he'll be all right. But uh, just just not a good month for him. 100%. Lindor has been a disappointment thus far, but listen, it's just April. We'll give him time, and you got to have the faith in that guy to bounce back. This guy who's hit 40 doubles and 30 homers in a season. So definitely, uh, we're relying on him. And I agree with you, CJ. You're looking back at the value. He signed that huge contract. Met fans are getting a little impatient with him, but I think he responded well. As soon as the booze kind of came on to him, he started playing better. Listen, every player is going to go through a one for 25 stretch. I think Freddie Freeman went through one at the exact same time he was going through one. Like, obviously, at two different magnitudes, Freddie's, I think Cunny was saying this, Freddie's done it there before. So he's not going to, he's won MVPs. He's been elite for them. This is Francisco's first time in New York, and he's starting with that. Not a good look, but we all know he's going to pick it up. It's only a matter of time. 
Uh, I'm not as concerned. His defense has been good. I mean, he's every now and then getting a little shaky. Pete's been picking him up at 1B, like we were saying about his glove. But, I mean, Frankie's Frankie's top, I'll still say it, top 10 player in the game. So I just trade for him in fantasy for a reason. Bought low on him, and he's going to be big for me the second half of the year. Yeah, no, he's like, I think you said, Greg, Pete has been bailing out a little bit. I think some uh, plays that we think he should um, made, like that one ball that he uh, bobbled, but then got Pete well, when Pete was down in the back of the bag. Good for Pete there. Good footwork. I think that just speaks to how much Pete has improved there. Um, but yeah, I'm not worried about Lindor. He's a fantastic player. I think he'll come around. Um, and then we just move into third base there, which has kind of been, you know, we had JD who started off hot. He's got hit on the hand twice and he's, uh, he's out again. And now we got a VR playing there who's been doing the job for the most part. So I don't think we can really complain about the production from third base. It's the reason we bought VR in was for depth. And I think that depth uh, has been tested and it's proven to be all right so far. I know Cunny has some things to say about third base and JD. So go ahead. Yeah, JD, man. I wish he stayed healthy because his bat, he's been our go-to bat. Him and Nimmo in April, in April were uh, the top two hitters. JD. You look at his OPS right now, I don't know, it's only 15 games, but it's over 1,000. JD, if he can stay healthy and listen, his defense is a problem. We saw that in April for sure. Can he be trusted? We got we to gotta wait and see. But he's hitting. There's no doubt about that. And I love VR. Love how we brought in a bunch of depth guys. I think our depth guys are really the reason why we are where we are. That goes both ways, hitting and pitching. But VR and uh, Guillaume has been hurt the whole year. But their base has been holding it down, man. No complaints. I listen, I'm a big Johnny V guy. That was a great signing. And, you know, he's been coming in clutch with that depth, like CJ was saying, just filling in. You know, he had that big walk off early when he wasn't playing much. And, you know, now he's playing every day with the injuries. So, Giorme and JD, it's going to be a revolving door at third. And I'm, I like every option, honestly. They all bring something different to the table. JD's the best bat. So I can't wait to get him back. But, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of depth there. Yeah, I mean, I, the depth's been good, and I know we have Giorme out too, you know. He's, uh, you know, I mean, he made a couple errors early. Glove wasn't what we thought in the beginning. made some nice plays at the end, then he did get hurt. I think he's um, going to be out for more of an extended period of time than they originally thought. I think he's further along than J.D. Um, and Nimmo. Um, so we hope to get Giorme back soon. But, yeah, the production from third base has been solid. Um, I don't think an upgrade is out of the question. I know we had Uncle Al on. And uh, he did mention some names. I don't think an upgrade is out of the question. But uh, so far, third base has been good. The depth has been good. Uh, so we'll just move on to the outfield. I'll sort of left. We've talked about Dom a lot. I don't know what more we can really say. Hasn't had the greatest month, but has defense has been playing well. So that is an improvement. Um, Connie, if you have anything more to say about Dom, go right ahead. Uh, yeah, I think we covered Dom. I think uh, let's move over to center. Let's talk me and you, CJ, about Nimmo. This guy, Greg's throwing all the hate towards him about him being the top of the lineup. But Nimmo has been doing a job, man. It's a shame he got hurt because he was off to a fantastic start. When you look at the Mets' offensive numbers, he's one of the few bright spots. He's still got that great OBP. It's at 430, slugging 439. He was doing really well before he got hurt. Yeah, I agree, Connie. I think that uh, Nimmo was playing very well before he got hurt. Definitely was one of our hottest dude if not the hottest at the time before the injury um and yeah I mean honestly if you were to look at the ESPN and just look at averages and such um Nimmo is one of the few guys who kind of has like respectable respectable numbers there so um it hurts to have him not in the lineup uh hopefully he's back soon but he has been playing well I think defense has been solid 
Um, but PRs, uh, Pilar has filled in well. You know, I got the PR VR thing going on right now. Gary Cohen will have me crucified. But like I said, uh, Pilar has been playing well. Um, definitely got hot lately. So I think that's good things to see. Um, hopefully we get Nemo back soon. He just adds another dimension to the lineup with that OBP. So uh, Greg does not like him as much. So we might not hear as many nice things, but here he comes. I mean, listen, talk to me at the end of June. You guys can keep keep all this Brandon Nemo talk up. I'll keep, I'll keep hating on it. It's clearly leading to his success, but I'll keep spitting the facts. Like talk to me at the end of June and then you all see what I'm seeing. But all I want to talk about is my guy, Kevin Pilar. He's been stepping up. I love that signing. He looked god-awful, straight dog shit for the first couple of weeks of the season. And then out of nowhere in Philly, he goes three for four with a big home run, big couple extra base hits. And he's been red hot. He's been stealing bags. He's been playing decent defense. His defense was looking shaky in spring training, but I think he's finding that, you know, semi-form that he used to have back in his heyday in center. He's not embracing the everyday role out there while Nimmo's hurt. So once Nimmo comes back, it's his spot for sure. And it's nice to see Pilar going to be filling in in one of those spots or late in games every day pretty much at that at that point. Greg, that was a good point you made about Pilar, how he's been hitting better and he's been playing better now that he's in an everyday role. He actually made a comment about how he has to adjust to being a guy off the bench, how his whole career he's always played every day. And I think you saw that. I think you saw that he had to make that adjustment. And I think he's figured it out. Uh, He's going to be a great piece for us all year because steal bases, defense, bat. You know what we got to do? It's simple. We just got to trade Nimmo at his highest value right now while we can. Someone's going to want him. And then Pilar will just fill it there. We'll 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 figure it out. Let's, Let's sell him high right now. Pass. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Greg, Greg, he's on one right now. Definitely. But I think uh, somebody we haven't talked to, he's been playing a little center field, not much appearances for him, been go with the glove, absolutely abysmal with the bat. It's been Albert Amora. Um, he's in 056 the plate over 90, uh, over 19 uh, plate appearances. So that's uh, that's just bad. Um, I know they've been uh, talking about Cleo Lee. There's been some talks about him when Nimmo first went down. He might be getting called up. So um, if Amor doesn't turn that around there, you got to think that Cleo Lee might get his shot soon. Um, Amor has been bad at the plate, but like we said, only April, very limited opportunities for him, uh, but has shown some promise with the glove, that one really nice catch in, a, like I said, very limited time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Almor hasn't gotten a lot of chances, but when he does, he doesn't even look close. Um, I don't think Almor is a good hitter. I think he could play defense, but we we have other guys already on our bench that we're going to put in front of him in those roles. Like Pilar is going to play over Almora if there's an opening in the outfield, I think 10 times out of 10. So Almora, you know, it is what it is. He's not even drawing walks. His OPP is 105. Like you said, that's that's a problem. Yeah, no, it's not even major league hitter. That's bad. So I think uh, as soon as that super two deadline, as soon as you start to see uh, those other big prospects get called up, not that Khalil Lee is one of our uh, top five prospects or anything like that. But I think he'll get a shot kind of relatively soon, especially if Almora um, continues to struggle. They're not even using him in the infield. I know he has infield versatility too. Um, but yeah, he's kind of just restricted to late inning defensive replacements and nothing with the bat. So we'll see how much longer he has there. Um, we'll move into right field and uh, Conforto, who started off absolutely terrible. Uh, couldn't hit a lick, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. But now uh, the guy's starting to turn around a little bit. He's really starting to stay on some pitches. His swing looks much better. 
Um, it kind of just like he needed to rest. Like I think, um, I think it was Rojas or the hitting coach that said uh, just the off days and all those postponements and stuff was kind of messing up his timing. You can kind of see he's getting into a rhythm now. So that's good to see from Conforto. He's one of the big bats in the lineup. Like what I'm seeing from Conforto and, you know, his offense and his defense was looking terrible in the beginning of the year. And recently we've been seeing nice play this past weekend in right field uh, with the ground pitching and his arm's been looking pretty good too, but the bats coming alive. I said it last podcast, the Chicago series, he was starting to shoot the other way and you seeing the ball to all parts of the field. And, you know, we're going to see that Conforto bat that we know, but you know, he's always been a streaky guy. We'll say, I'll say it again. You know, he had a terrible start and he's going to have another bad stretch at some point in the season too, but we need those to, you know, become a lot shorter than, than the long stretch that it was for him. Yeah. Conforto, he's finally driving in runs too. He's one of the three Mets players with double digit RBIs. He's got 11. And like you guys said, I mean, he's, he's one of our go-to guys. He's going to be right back in the middle of the lineup, I think going forward. And he's going to be a key piece in the middle because right now everyone's still trying to find their way. You know, Lindor's getting hot, but I think Conforto has shown that he's here. He's ready to go for the rest of the year, and it looks like he figured it out. Yeah, I think we'll just jump right into the pitching then. I think we basically covered all the hitters. And so we'll start with tomorrow's starter. We got Marcus Stroman. I personally will be at the game. He'll face John Means just all fresh off his no-hitter. So, uh, don't know what you expect there. Hopefully, uh, get some bad luck at that no hitter. Right, he's got to give up one. Um, but Stroman's pitched pretty well. Um, you know he's got that two two one two ERA, so that's great to see. Um, yeah, Stroman has gone out there, definitely done the job. Um, as the number two behind Degrom, we got nothing more to ask from Stroman. Um, I'll let you guys take it away. Definitely done the job, LI native. So uh, HDMH go Stroman. Yeah, I mean, I like what I've seen from Stroh. He was elite to start his, like, first three starts, I think. You know, he's kind of, he came down to earth in that Nats game. But he's he's what we want, you know. I mean, we gave him a high contract, but he's going to eat us innings. He's going to give us a chance to win every night he's out there. You know, he competes. He's going to get hopefully giving us five, six, seven, almost eight innings, I think, in Colorado that one time. He's going to give us depth. He's going to keep us in the ball game. We just got to play good defense with him like we have. We play good defense for him, but we don't play good defense for other guys. <laughs> Yeah, Stroman's he's been huge for us. I mean, you still have pitchers that are hurt, but performance from him and other guys make you feel like we're doing all right. The injuries aren't bothering us, thanks to guys like Stroman. I feel that he's doing his job. I feel like even his defense has let him down at games. Like, I think he has 13 runs allowed. I'm looking at it right here. He's got 13 runs allowed and eight earned. So he's been picking up his defense as well. I feel like if any pitcher has gotten the shaft so far this year, it's actually been Stroman. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I feel like between he had that one game too where the umpire was squeezing him bad. And then the defense was, you know, defense screwed him over a little bit. And he's been consistent. He's got the 2.12. Yeah, definitely uh, good points about Stroh. He has got to squeeze a little bit, I think, especially in that one start that you were alluding to defense. Um, because he does get a lot of those ground balls, so the defense does need to be sharp. But I think uh, another guy who's pitched really well, um, the, on one of our latest signings of the year, got him right up at the end there, was a Tyon Walker. You know, he's pitched really well. That's something that's been big. Um, I remember saying at the time I kind of wanted a guy with more upside, like Kluber or something like that. But uh, he's outpitched Kluber at this point, you know. Um, I know Kluber had that 
last good start against Scherzer versus uh, versus the Nationals. But uh, Walker's been lights out, man. He's really gone out there, done the job. I mean, can't ask for more. We haven't seen Carrasco yet or Syndergaard, but when those guys come back, he profiles as a four or five. So, I mean, if he's doing that with a 2.38 ERA, um, we'll definitely take that. That's uh, more than we asked for. So good for him to go out there and perform. Hopefully he keeps that up, but uh, he's throwing real well. I'm impressed with him. Yeah, 100%. Taiwan Walker proved me wrong. I was on the same boat as you, CJ. I thought there were better options out there. But this guy, whenever he pitches, looks like nobody could hit him. The only time he's been bad this year is when he's beat himself. I feel like he's got that walk problem, but I feel like no one has actually showed up and hit this guy around yet. Very impressed with Taiwan Walker. And I like how we got him for two years because he looks like he could sustain the success. I mean, he's hot right now. I hope he carries it through May. Yeah, I, you guys said it all. I mean, I wasn't completely ecstatic when we got him, but he's been – it was a good deal, and he, we've been more than what we expected. So I love that he'll be a four or five later in the year for us. He's going to be really good in that role. But, uh, I mean, he's 28 years old. So he's just going to be a late bloomer. He was a top prospect at one point. He couldn't really find his stuff for a couple of years. He had a great year last year. He's finding it late, and we're getting we're getting his best years, hopefully. Yeah, like I said, two-year contract. Uh, hopefully he keeps that up, pitches well through the month of May and the rest of the season. I uh, will jump into next guy. Um, I think I'm just going to lump these two guys together personally, uh, Peterson and Lucchese, because I think they've both been downright uh, disappointing. Uh, Lucchese especially has not pitched very well at all while starting. I know he had that good appearance um, when coming in after Tommy Hunter, so it was good to see him there. Maybe he has a role like that. Um, out of the pen, kind of that long relief guy. I think that more is his role, but as starter, um, he's been rough. Um, David Peterson, outside of like one good start against Philadelphia, he's been rough, got hit around by them. Uh, he's just like losing his control. Peterson, that concerns me because he doesn't throw um, overpowering stuff. And then he's had trouble with walks. I mean, he's walked the pitcher, um, I feel like, multiple times. I know he did it the other night. Um, so that's concerning things. Hopefully, Petey turns it around, but he has not pitched well, and that's something that uh, – I'm not too happy about so far. Yeah, he's got he's to pick it up because he's one of those guys that is competing for that spot. You know, there's guys coming back from injuries and he's probably going to be the odd man out. I would like to see him step up. I love what I saw from him last year. And I thought, to be honest, I thought he was going to be our five for the rest of the year. But if he keeps pitching this way, it's going to be Taiwan Walker at the bottom there. And then he'll probably be around till Carrasco comes back. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to have a lefty in the rotation, but neither of them is really going and taking that role. And it's tough for grabs for one of them because that's kind of just like you always like to have one lefty and they're the only lefty options and neither of them are pitching well. You know, Lucchese threw well in that uh, that role. I think that could be a decent role for him. You know, after an opener for one or two innings, maybe he'll go and give you three or four or something. Maybe that's mm -hmm. one time through an order, maybe a half after that. But he's not a starter. I don't like Lucchese. I don't want him out there every fifth day, but – Peterson has been a little bit of a letdown. I think once the other guys will come back, though, they're going to take their spot easily. We're going to have all righties in that rotation. Yeah, I kind of want to see Yamamoto get more of a shot. He's only pitched once so far. Good to see him get called up. He pitched relatively well, so uh, hopefully he gets more shots. Um, but, yeah, like you said, we need – preferably would like one of those lefties in the rotation, but if they're just going to give us two, three innings each time out, uh, that sets the bullpen back for three, four days. So that just can't happen. They need to pitch better. Um, so hopefully they do figure it out. One of those lefties would be nice. Um, like I said, Yamamoto a little bit. Um, I don't know if we have any other dudes we want to go into the rotation. I mean, that's basically it that we've had so far. No Carrasco. Syndergaard should be on the mend uh, soon. They said sometime in June, I believe. 
Um, so we'll just go into the bullpen, which has been a surprise. I think that we've all said that Sandy uh, under-addressed the bullpen in the offseason, but they've been pitching well. You know, May outside his first outings pitched well. Barnes is starting to come around after that first outing. I think uh, Luis left him out too long yesterday. I think that was a poor um, decision. I don't really think his feel for the bullpen is the best. Uh, but we were still able to go out there and get the W. So that was a good thing to see. I know we got a lot to say about the bullpen. So Cunning, kick it off. Yeah, this bullpen, it's going to say, I mean, I sound crazy even saying it, but is there argument for so far in April, this being the best bullpen in baseball? If you look at their numbers wise, I mean, you got Diaz 3.14, Castro 2.77, May 1.46, Familia 0.93, Loop 1.04. Uh, I feel like they, they have let up inherited runners. I feel like obviously the ERA doesn't reflect that, but I mean, the biggest shock for me is a guy like Familia. Familia has been huge stepping up in these uh, roles when Castro and May aren't available. And he's, he's still walking people, but he's holding it to a minute. He's got four walks through 10 innings. So everyone top to bottom, even uh, G-Man. G-Man's got a 3.27 through 11 innings. Everyone's contributing in the bullpen. Diaz, Castro, and May look great uh, in the back end there. And I'm confident in our bullpen, surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, G-Man was on the on the fringe in spring training, so good to see him pitching well. Um, that is huge. And I know, like you said there, um, I mean, outside of Stephen Tarpley with Infinity ERA, Trevor Hindenburg at the 15.3, the bullpen has pitched very well. So I'll let Greg say some couple things about that. Yeah, man. I mean, you guys said it all that the bullpen has been really strong. We, I was really questioning it more than anything else with this team before the season and it's been our, our best part of April. If you really think about it. Um, I mean, Familia has been looking back like that old form a little bit in April, you know, Miggy Castro is lethal with that slider change up combo after that electric fastball. Edwin is, you know, back a little bit. He had that shaky game against the Phillies. We got lucky with a railing, but you know, it didn't blow up and then he came back and he's been looking good since. And Trevor May was, I loved that signing. He's been good. He was shaky in the beginning of the year with his control issues. Might have just been the jitters with a new team, you know, all the excitement. But he's been pretty lights out after. And Loop's, Loop's a good lefty. I would like another lefty is my only complaint about this pen. But what I think we an easy solution could be is, you know, Peterson or Lucchese could just go to the pen as a lefty temporarily i would like a nice you know one inning lefty guy that's legit besides just loop because we do face you know juan soto bryce harper freddie freeman all these elite lefty bats when the time comes down to it but uh loop's been holding it down i would like to see maybe another though yeah good point definitely another lefty would be nice we'll see who fills that role there i think uh if not addressed in house definitely by uh the trade deadline type thing but uh familia has been a resurgence he's pitched very well um i think gary uh and keith uh, on the broadcast they alluded to yesterday um they said that he does throw well like you said he still is walking people on um, the teams that seem to wait him out do better against him because he doesn't throw many strikes he's at his best when people are chasing his pitches out of the zone because he has so much movement so I think uh yeah the teams that know him more and wait him out kind of have more success for him but he's been so great so far so hopefully that stays the same um, but without further ado, we got to get in. We spoke about the Grom in the beginning. Um, he's our uh, annual Mets Moth Player of the Month. So uh, we'll give it to him. Uh, he's been lights out. Hopefully he gets back from the injury soon. Uh, the ERA is absolutely extraordinary. The guy just goes out there, pumps Ched. Um, all of his pitches are basically unhittable. And he's just been um, outstanding top to bottom. So hopefully he's back soon. We definitely need that guy not going anywhere without him. 
Um, so I know we all have a bunch of say about DeGrom. Give him some love. So, Cunny, go ahead. Yep, DeGrom's hands down the player of the month. He's probably – I think he was the NL player of the month, right? Uh, I, to, the pitcher of the month, definitely. I'm not sure if month. he was the player pitcher of the month. month. Yeah, definitely pitcher of the month. Yeah, you look at his stats. I mean, how could you not? He's got 40 innings pitched, and he's already got 65 strikeouts. He's got a .68 ERA. Uh, he's striking out 14.6 batters per nine innings. It's absolutely ridiculous. And this guy was pitching hurt uh, last night, and he threw four perfect innings. So this guy, and he hits, he lays down bunts, he base, he's great at base running. This guy's amazing, man. I mean, his strikeouts per nine is 14.6. This guy's almost averaging 14 a game. Like, that's ridiculous. And, uh, he's just something special. Like Honey said, what, what can't this guy do? Even this weekend, he drops down the most perfect bunt i ever seen, gets a hit out of it. His 90 speed is, like, above av- the average players. Like, he can hit. The guy does it all, and what more can we expect? We need him to sit on the I.L., though, for maybe a week or two, come back healthy, start doing his thing again. Hopefully the bats can pick up a little slack and he comes back to some run support. Now what else is a DeGrom stat we got to point out is his 0.6 whip. That's ridiculous. 0.6. Yeah, I mean, dudes don't even get on base against him. The guy is absurd. I mean, you see him pitch right now and it's just the way that he goes about his craft and he's perfected it. Um, it's just It's just a great thing to see. So happy that he plays for the Mets. Um, I mean, I hate to just leave it on that mode. I feel like that we don't talk about him enough, but uh, DeGrom is great. But uh, on a schedule here, kind of a tight one. So we'll move into the next thing and kind of uh, we'll just go into the most and least worried about things um, through the month of April, things that cause us pause, things that uh, that we're feeling excited about. So I'll just start that. And the thing that I think I'm most worried about, um, I think that's Rojas's feel with the bullpen. I think that his he doesn't have the greatest um, – the feel uh, with the guys in the bullpen. I think that yesterday um, he bought in Barnes there for two innings. I think that was too long. I don't think you should have left him in there for that long. If he wanted to go that route, I think Drew Smith, who hasn't pitched at all, I mean, you could easily have thrown him there. I wouldn't have thrown him after Barnes because the game was so tight. He brings in Diaz there for the uh, the multi-inning save. So I think that's something that uh, he's done in Seattle, hasn't done much here. Um, so I just don't really think that uh, Rojas's feel for the bullpen, I think that's something that you either have or you don't. So I think that's something that I am uh, worried about. So what I'm most worried about, I still got to stick with the hitting with runners in scoring position. I feel like this has been a problem for the team in the past. And it's it's lingered. You know, no one, no one was really getting the job done in April. No one's really hitting those big homers, driving runs. We saw flashes of it from everyone, but we need someone to step up and be that guy to be the clutch hitter, you know, get us the game-winning hit. I feel like that's what I'm most worried about. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with both of those. I think it's a combination of the two for me. Uh, I was not happy with Rojas at all in the beginning of the year. Um, I did not like the lineups he was putting out. That was my biggest concern with him, Um, but – I think with even though it was with injuries, once he started getting a more regular lineup and we saw a lineup we really liked every day, like we saw more consistency and we saw a little more life. But the biggest issue is hands down the runners scoring position. Like we're scoring more runs off walks, bases loaded walks than we are from Francisco Lindor, it feels like. Like we need the guys to come through in these big spots. And it's not just him, it's everybody, but it's it's we shouldn't be scoring and walking off games on Patrick Mazika's six foot dribblers, even though that was hype and all, you know, that, that can't be how we have to win that game. We got to hit them. We got to get some knocks. We got to get, you know, 
get the hits. It's, you know, pitchers have been too good for them to be slacking. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, definitely the runners in scoring position, that was a very close second for me. I think that goes hand in hand. But the reason that I did not pick that is it's going to go into something that I'm the least worried about. I think that's the power numbers. So I think that uh, just um, as the power numbers go up, I think runners in scoring position, I feel like those numbers will rise as well. Um, I feel like power numbers are down throughout the league, kind of April, cold weather, a lot of day games, kind of tough for the hitters um, to get a gauge there as well. The Mets haven't played uh, too many games with all those postponements and such. So I think the power numbers definitely will go up. I'm not worried about that at all. I think everybody uh, will go with their typical power numbers for the year. I don't think the month of April is something that uh, we should worry about. I think that we should expect a surge at some point um, as the weather gets warmer and we play more night games and such, more of a rhythm. So that's not something that I'm concerned about is the uh, power aspect of the plate. Yeah, that's a good one, CJ, for sure. I'm, I'd just say the bats as a whole. But if I were to pick one thing I'm not too worried about, I wouldn't say I'm least worried about it because it definitely crosses my mind. But I think Rojas could do a good job leading this team. I feel like almost how we talk about how the players had to get in a rhythm and a groove, he needed to as well. I feel like his lineups have been better. I like how he's been making these moves with these openers and to the guys who have been struggling to start games like Lucchese. And, uh, well, Yamamoto came up and he was came in after the opener, but that was a great call as well. I think Rojas is getting a better feel for this team, and I th- I'm liking what I'm seeing out of the lineups and the bullpen management as the season progressed. In the beginning, it was hard. Now it's serviceable. I think he's doing a better job. Yeah, I'm with CJ, and I definitely am not as concerned with the lack of home runs because I think that's been something we're missing. I think we're bottom of the league in home runs. Like, I just – I think we have three guys in double-digit RBIs. I mean, obviously, that's more just regular hitting, but the power numbers are not there at all. And every team's hitting the ball still, even though it's been April. And once they get hot and start popping the ball, they're going to win more games. So, Connie, I don't know what you're saying. You're not worried about Rojas, man. I think he's – I don't know. I don't really – I don't think he's – he makes many decisions himself. He kind of just – I feel like he's not doing much out there. But he's not like a make or break guy. It's really just on if the guys play well, he'll look good. If they play bad, he's going to look bad. He will make a stupid move every now and then, I think. But, you know, I don't know. I'm back and forth on the guy. I think a lot of people are also really hard on him because the Mets have such a good team and they're supposed to be doing so good. But the players really are underperforming. So he gets a lot of hate. I just feel like he's uh, been doing a better job just getting guys time. Like I really like how he stuck with Lindor. He stuck with all of his guys. He kept them in there. And I like his lineups that he's been putting out recently. Like I remember he put JD in that four hole, that one game against Washington. I thought that was a great move. Pilar was hot. He put him in the four hole. He had a good game. I think we're just seeing smaller moves pay off for him now. Mm-hmm. No, I think those are definitely good points. Kind of have liked the movies made with the lineup. So I think, but the, the reason that I'm concerned about, like I said, I'm not really concerned about the lineups. It's more the bullpen because that's the in-game thing. That's the in-game feel. Uh, I don't know how much um, input that he has in that. Like, obviously, he's the one that writes the lineup and such. But from the front office, all the analytics thing, um, we don't know how much other input is going into that lineup each day. So I feel like that also has um, some things there. Like you said, J.D. batting fourth at one game against Washington. That was huge. That was against Corbin, correct? I mean, he kills Corbin, so – uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that like, so those things go hand in hand, uh, how much the analytics plays there. Um, but yeah, I think that Rojas has been good with the lineup. So not to kill him too much. It's just something with the bullpen. I think you either have it or you don't. And uh, right now I just don't think that he has the feel for that bullpen. 
um, personally, but we'll just get into the next topic. So we'll just jump into the week tomorrow. We got Strowman versus Means. I'll be at the game, so expect uh, some live tweets from the game. You'll expect some videos as well. Definitely hyped for that. And uh, we got two against the Orioles and then another off day, so kind of tough for us to get into that rhythm. But Matt Harvey makes his return at a 12-10 start. Um, always nice to see the Dark Knight back. He's been pitching some uh, pitching well. Uh, hopefully he doesn't pitch well against the Mets. But good to see Harvey doing all right um, in his afterlife outside of Gotham City. That is going to be an exciting game to watch. 12-10, I'll be at work streaming SNY with GKR on in the background. Going to need that. Got to hear a lot of Matt Harvey love. I'm excited for that one. The Orioles have been uh, sneakily okay this year, right? Uh, haven't they not been? Means has been great. He's been a great pitcher, so that'll be a tough matchup Tuesday. Harvey, you know, he'll probably have the juices flowing, come back to Queens. I'm sure he'll give us uh, his best effort. It's going to be you're going to have to grind those two games out against the Orioles. They're not as easy as a win as they've been in the past. Means is coming off a no-hitter. Yeah, Means, the whole season he's been nasty. I think he's got like a one year right, too. Yeah. Who we have? Who do we have thrown? We got Stroman and then and Walker. Yep, Stroman and Walker, and then uh, we kick it off with another AL East foe with the Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, we got Taiwa. Uh, we got uh, David Peterson scheduled to start Friday night against Tyler Glass. Now that will be down in Tampa. Glass now has been very good, and they got the next guy, uh, Shane McClanahan, who's been throwing gas from the left side. So it'll be fun to see him in uh, person. Get to watch him on TV. He'll be against Lucchese on Saturday at one ten. And then um, DeGrom on ESPN is scheduled to start on Sunday. We know, like we said prior in the podcast, he's gone on the IL. So um, maybe we'll see Yamamoto there. Interesting to see how they work the rotation with him at. But we got the race for three after the uh, Orioles and that off day on Thursday. So go ahead, Connie, with your little race preview. Yeah, and we could also, just going ahead to the race, we could see probably Stroman maybe pitch that Sunday with the day off in between. Maybe they skip the fifth spot like they've been doing but I'd say either Stroman or Yamamoto the Rays are going to be tough though that's a good team obviously we all know that but uh they always have players that just seem to play well and this year they're already doing the same they're very consistent let me tell you I'm not excited to face Glass now he's been lights out this year he's going to be a problem I mean McClanahan too there's some fuzz from the left side We've been struggling earlier in the year with guys throwing 93, 94, so they're going to be coming in hot. So we'll, it's going to be a good test for us, though. They're a good team all around. They got some good relievers, too. We got to we gotta see what we got playing in that god-awful stadium of Tropicana, though. That's going to be a, yeah. that's going to be a different site. We don't, we don't see many games in Tampa. Yeah, I was going to say that, Greg. We got to play in that. Dumb, I don't even know if it is Tropicana anymore. I don't know if we're referring to it as the yeah. right thing, but that place is a dump. Um, it's going to be a terrible TV broadcast. That stadium is like terrible to look at. They're, I mean, it, yeah, like I said, it's just going to be down in that dump. Hopefully, we can go ahead and play well. Um, not going to be many fans. You know, it's Florida though, so maybe some of uh, those snowbirds are down there to watch their Mets. So hopefully, we get some LGMs in there. Um, but yeah, we got a little tough series against the Rays. Always a pesky opponent. Um, well-rounded, well-managed, and such. So that'll be a good test, obviously. Um, they were in the World Series last year from the AL. So uh, good to see what we got there. All right, and that concludes the sixth edition of Mets Mafia. Uh, very glad to have another episode. Happy all listen. Make sure you uh, like, subscribe, comment on all the platforms that we have. Um, good week of Mets baseball. Like I said, I'll be at the game tomorrow. So look out for those live tweets, um, live videos. Be hyped to go see uh, Stroman versus John Means off that no-hitter. So hopefully we hit him around a little bit. The bats come live. I'll let Connie say his words. Like I said, thank you again. And this is a wrap on the Mets mouth.
Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. It's good to recap the first month of the season with the team in first place. We look forward to hopefully even a better May. We'll uh, climb the lead in that division a little bit. Let's go Mets. Slim, there's a chance I might be making a snap call going to that game tomorrow night with some buddies. So if I buy some tickets tomorrow, I will definitely be letting you know. And this is going to be a good week. Let's go, boys. Alex, yeah, maybe, you know, I'll be there bright and early. Uh, our good friend, Sean, who was on the podcast last week, he'll be driving. So you'll uh, <laughs> catch me there. There's no problems at all. Good as green. So uh, LFGM, thank you for listening again. Like, comment, subscribe, and uh, mess out, baby. LFGM. Don't mess.